Hey everybody, Donnie Bovine here. Thank you so much for listening to the episodes. Do me a favor, if you get any value out of these, would you leave me a review? It would mean the world to me. I'm on a massive mission to help as many people as I possibly can get to freedom through building a business. I gotta be honest, building a business is by far the toughest thing I've ever done in my life, and I promise you, my business has worked on me more than I've ever worked on it. I don't think there's a better tool in the world to meet the dude in the mirror than building your own company. You're going to find out what the hell you're made of. In these episodes, I bring on the people that have been through it, gone through it, done it, built monstrous companies, and I get them to coach me on how to actually level up, grow, and scale my business. They're hitting me with some hard questions. They're bringing some amazing advice. And, and I'm telling you, I take notes from every one of these episodes from these people that have actually lived it. They've gone through it and have turned their businesses into amazing empires. So I hope you find a ton of value in this. And I hope that this becomes something you come back to and listen to often. What if you knew the exact moment when somebody was ready to buy? Hey, I'm Donnie Bovine, CEO of Success Champion Networking and best-selling author. Hanging out with me as always is Kevin Snow, the sales automation tactician and genius. And in this, we teach business owners how to grow and scale through sales, networking, business development, and mindset. And in this episode, we're going to really focus on body language in sales so you know the exact moment when a prospect leans in and is ready to make a buying decision. So I remember early in my sales career, I I just got into commercial printing and digital printing had just hit the marketplace. And there was a lot of people in my industry that did not like digital printing because it was changing the landscape of printing to where you could do these customizable and personalized direct mail pieces. So if you've ever got a piece of junk mail in your inbox that has your name in the uh, text or the copy, that's what I'm talking about. So this was in the mid 2000s when this came out, this technology really came out and hit the mainstream. And we were trying to find companies that this would be a best fit for. Well, one day as I was walking you know, through downtown Fort Worth, I actually happened to stumble into the YMCA uh, in downtown. It was a really nice YMCA. It was a three-story building, indoor pools. I mean, it was a really, really nice place. And in walking around like I was notorious to do, I found myself somehow in the executive offices and just walking the hallway. And as I walked the hallway, I found the director of marketing's office and I knocked on the door and she happened to be sitting there. And her name was Lisa, or it's still Lisa. And I poked my head in and told her who I was. And she goes, you know, you're not supposed to be up here. I'm like, well, I didn't know I was, I got lost as I was walking through and didn't know where to be. She goes, well, you're in this far. You might as well sit down. So I sit down in a chair and Lisa Moles became a dear friend of mine. But as I walked her through this technology and what we could do and what they found is they had thousands of people on a monthly basis coming through their facility and you know, taking tours and, you know, the 
membership person, the person sitting at the desk had to follow up with these people to see if they would, you know, were wanting to sign up if they didn't sign up right then and there. And it was really this kind of wonky process that they had not done very well. And I looked at her and said, well, what if we could make sure that every tour comes through, we sent them a customized postcard with exactly what they were interested in, talked about the exact facilities that they were, were wanting, and it was customized just for them. And she goes, well, how do you do that? And so I showed her with variable data printing, we could literally you know, completely customized. So we created a survey that their front desk people would walk people through and they would fill out the survey. And then they would go back to a spreadsheet and fill out the spreadsheet with, with the answers. When we printed, each postcard came out customized based off the answers of the person who went through. We launched the campaign in the downtown Fort Worth YMCA and, uh, you know, it got the highest return. We were getting 86% sign-up rates because of the customized postcards for this location. And I tell this whole story that, yeah, the, the customized stuff was really cool. But the moment I told Lisa that we could customize the card for each individual based off of their desires and, and wants and everything else, man, she leaned forward and she was like, you could really do that? I'm like, yeah, we can totally do that. She goes, that would be the most incredible thing in the world if we could do that. She goes, now, I expect it's going to cost me an arm and a leg. And, of course, it didn't. But I knew that barring me screwing it up with saying something stupid, she was already in to buy, if nothing more, to test it, see if it worked. Well, not only did it work, we rolled it out through all of Texas doing this huge variable data campaigns for all the YMCAs across Texas. Um, and it was a really, really cool moment. So what I want to focus on a lot in this episode is body language, man. That moment when she leaned in and she's like, you can do that, you know, uh, was, it was what you're trying to look for and that signal you're trying to figure out when you're sitting across from prospects. Kevin? So there's so much to unpack in that story other than the body language. <laughs> there's the, <laughs> you just randomly wandering into a company's executive offices, even though the sign probably said authorized people only. Uh, you, I, I still it. just did that. <laughs> yeah, I obviously. Um, yeah, there's like five episodes just from that story that we could do. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, the look, funny thing look, is... No, as, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. You got to do shit that other people won't so you can live the life that other people can't, man. And <laughs> if 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 a little plastic sign is going to keep you from chasing your destiny, man, up your game. Some of us are rule yeah. followers. Leave us alone. Don't. Um, and that's why you're sitting, you know, not going... No, kidding, go. Um, no. No, so... The the funny thing, though, as you were telling that story, I was literally uh, in my head saying, all right, so I know what the body sign is going to be. I know what the move is going to be that was a signal. And then you say, and she leaned forward. I'm like, yep, that was it. I yeah. So, but it is, it's absolutely true. Even in the world of digital virtual communications and virtual sales that we're in right now, there's still, that people still have that same body language. They, it's just applied a little bit differently. So it's, you know, you have to be paying attention to what your, your, the person sitting across the screen or the desk is doing. You know, it's obviously really easy to pay attention when you're in the same room, but it's interesting as we watch salespeople try to sell us, the people that aren't 
actually paying attention to what's happening on the screen. Yeah, so I think I want to start there a little bit of how do you know when somebody isn't into the conversation, they're they're not a part of it. And I think you hit on a good portion of it because you watch people trying to sell to Kevin and I, and you can see the faked confidence. You can see the faked bravado. And it's not easy selling to Kevin and I just because we got two different extreme personalities. And I think that is an intimidation factor for some people, not for good salespeople, but for some people. But we've we've found ourselves in situations to where, you know, people try and posture up and be somebody versus relaxing or their nervous energy gets them to, you know, freaking ramble on about stupid shit until I pull the meeting back in, you know, um, but I think you have to be watching the people you're talking to because i mean what is the the stats like only seven percent of communication is verbal the rest is tonality and body language body language being the the heaviest one but man you can tell quickly when you've turned somebody off or uh they're no longer interested in the conversation yeah it's yeah it's funny because we we do have opposite buying personalities and and we play off each other really well so someone will try and match donnie's personality then i'll i'll start asking all the detailed questions and back and forth so you what do you mean literally see them to death hey <laughs> i'm the one that's probably gonna have to use the damn thing that you want to spend money on so that's true that's true um <laughs> But it's it's for us. We get to watch them get frustrated, so we get to you know the the buyers also looking at the body language. So it's it's a two way street for this type of communication. There's a uh, my my nerds out there are gonna love this. There's an episode uh, in one of the Star Trek uh, series where you know the trip is interacting with a, a new species. They're talking about how do you. You know how do you how do you communicate without using pheromones and you know and 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 body orders and stuff? He's like, well, it's body language. It's we we watch facial expressions and how people react and movements they make, and that's how we tell what their mood is. Uh, and it's really a lost art for a lot of people because it's we we become so disconnected now in uh, with the virtual world. You know, you you're everyone's trying to now multitask when they're doing sales instead of paying yeah, attention think... to the purse person across from them. <laughs> Just pay attention to the purse. <laughs> you interrupted well, me. Focus on the money guys. Focus <laughs> on the money. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, but this is why I don't do phone calls. I, I really, the only time you'll catch me talking on the phone is if I'm in a car and I'm driving for a little while and I, and I, I'm, I'm getting bored and then I'll just reach out to somebody random and strike up a conversation. But, you know, for me in every conversation, I want to be able to see the person tonality will tell you so much. The words I say will tell you much, but their body language will tell you damn near everything. They'll, they'll look at you in different ways and you'll, you'll know specifically if you've said something that offended them, set them off, you know, or you said something that made sense they're into and it's all projected in that nonverbal communication. It, it allows you to dial into their world more and more. And for me, as I'm doing a lot of these conversations, I can feel, legitimately feel 
when I've got the conversation moving in the direction I want and will then head down that particular path. But I'm curious, Kevin, for a guy that doesn't lean on his emotions and things very much, um, and that's not really busting your chops, it's just who you are, but you are more of a, a interested in a lot of the emotional state of things. How do you use body language when it when it's everything has a more tactical conversation for you? So I, I still use body language, uh, and it for me it's it's just one of the cues. It's one of the clues of what's going on in the conversation. It's not like the the big sign. It's it uh, for me it has to tie in with other things that are going on in in that conversation. You know, the types of questions they're asking, you know, the intonation with how they're speaking and all that stuff. Uh, so I, I still pay attention to it and what they're doing and 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 it, and seeing how it meshes with what else is going on at the same time. You know, it, it's funny because like one of the favorite ways I like to sit and communicate with people is I like crossing my arms because it's comfortable for me. And I... Hey, Donnie Bovine here, CEO of Success Champions Networking, and I just want to jump in really quick and tell you about the network. Success Champion Networking isn't for the beginning networker. It's for the business people that understand that building a successful relationships is a two-way street requiring commitment from both parties involved. Stop wasting time networking with people that don't understand how to leverage their network to generate quality referrals for you. If you're ready to network with business people that are tired of doing all the heavy lifting and want to build real partnerships that generate high revenue referrals, visit one of our chapters today at successchampionnetworking.com and I look forward to seeing you there. I don't have to worry about what my hands are doing uh, when I'm yeah, in the conversation. There's level, but there's level but of there's, arm crossing. Well, yeah, but people are always say, "Oh, you're crossing your arms. You're you're, you're angry." I'm like, "No, I'm no, no, I'm no." People will ask. <laughs> people will ask you're angry based off of the the feelings they're receiving off of it, right? When there there's a relaxed crossing your arm, undeniable, right? You yep. know it. But there's also a crossing your arms where the defensive tonality and the eyes will tell you a lot about a person, and I think most people put it all in one box versus watching yep. things. But I've come to know and to watch your conversation. And I know the moment your arm cross fucking pissed off <laughs> um, and are just trying to play it off is no, I'm just sitting this way versus, you know, actively, you know, sitting in a comfortable state. And I, I, I really think that for certain personality types, body language has got to be tough because they're so logical and thought process that they're more focused on the words that are being said versus so much. I mean, cause we've all, you know, look, like Sheldon from the big bang theory, that motherfucker's never going to read body language. And that's, that's my point is there's going to be certain personalities that really, really struggle with the idea of body language and even tonality. If you want to throw that in there. So, yeah, I, I agree. And, and it's, it's a learned skill. So you have to actively work on it. You actively have to take steps to pay attention to it in the conversation and understand that, you know, it's like recognizing sarcasm. It is awesome when you're speaking to someone because you can hear the sarcastic tone, 
but when you're you know an email if i type something sarcastic it comes across as literal and there's people oh. that that are really e- bad at, at realizing that even in the the, the verbal conversations yeah email email communication just sucks ass period uh it's the worst farm uh or even any sort of text-based communication just sucks because you can't read emotion you can't read body language you can't read tonality and it's a surefire way to get your ass in a lot of trouble because people can't read it the way you wrote it but although you can sometimes feel the words that they are fucking throwing at you, especially when they're pissed off. And it's not even have to use caps. It's just the way they write it. You can almost feel like they were slamming the fucking keys together, writing it to you. you know, um, but, but I do agree, you know, body language is one hell of a, of a learned skill because I don't think we're really taught how to communicate growing up. I don't think anybody sits aside and says, here's how you actually, you know, communicate with another person and carry on a conversation. So you only go by what you have gotten comfortable with around friends and family. Well, and it's, it's all experience based. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So if, you know, it's as a kid and you, you, you think someone's making a joke, so you make a joke back and then you find out it wasn't a joke. You then have learned that that facial expression or that body language is not a, we're, let's let's mess around and, and have have fun as a I'm serious and you know let's let's get stuff done body language but it, so and that's how we learn it's all experiential you know it's really hard to have book learning on you know as a kids like all right so if you see this here's what it means other than the most general expressions you know here's a smile here's a and frown. I think that's what what makes it difficult for, for more introverted people because it is experiential. And if you're extremely introverted, you're not getting into enough conversations to learn it. So everything gets very tactical uh, in nature. And that's why, unfortunately talking to some people, it's like, like reading a tech technical publication, you know, <laughs> or a, a, you know, repair manual or something because they don't completely wrap their head around it. So, you know, I, how did you learn body language? I mean, I know it's experiential, but for you, how did you learn it? Uh, for me, it was really learning about the personalities and, you know, how, what to be looking for, how they're going to move and do things in a public setting. So then I was able to start really matching things with, all right, so here's what they're saying. Here's what I'm seeing them do. And starting to do that type of thing. So for me, it was, I had to understand the types of people that are out there and the big groups of movements. Uh, and then I could, and then I could start breaking it down and understanding the individual variances uh, that people have. See, I learned it as a kid. Uh, you know, I always ended up tend to hang out in the adult parties and, and, you know, I didn't hang with the kids a whole lot. And I don't, I just always the way I was. And I learned really quickly to base the way they were talking and communicating on of where I needed to be. So could I could I be the little jokester prankster um, or did I have to adult in this situation uh, or what I thought was adulting in the situation? You know, and I learned really quick to read the different states of the adult conversations as they were happening 
And I think that's what led into somewhat of my not always fitting in with my groups and circles is because I was used to speaking to in a more what I felt like adult conversations. And I'm sure that made me a little bit cocky and uh, made me a little bit fucking weird as too, you know, as part of that process. But, you know, the real crux for me came from in-person selling when I had to learn to sit across from buyers. And first I had to learn my own damn body language and realize how much my nervous energy was showing itself before I even walked through the fucking door. And, you know, some of the things that I noticed that I wouldn't do early on is like, you know, I wouldn't meet a mind eye. I wouldn't shake hands. I, you know, I mean, did shake hands, but it wouldn't be a confident handshake. You know, I wouldn't, you know, project equal business stature. I projected a noob salesperson that didn't know what the fuck he was doing and they could tell. So I had to learn to control my own thoughts, which led to my own body language. And then I had to learn to really probably the coolest skill I learned was matching and mirroring and getting them to lean in with me. And what I found is if I could get the conversation to a certain level that I could literally get the person to mimic my behaviors by simply leaning into the conversation, making sure I use their words and, you know, get them to, to move in more deeper into the conversation. Yeah. When I was growing up and we've talked about the community I grew up in, you know, 90, 96 people. So small farm community and you, everyone knew everyone, you know, there were expectations for behavior for all the kids based on who you're around. You know, we had, and it was a very, uh, uh, German Germans from Russia community, so very stoic personalities. So the interactions I had as a kid with the adults was very much, you know, you're an adult, I'm a kid, I'm going to be quiet and listen and, and sit and just observe uh, and not not talk. <laughs> so it was very much the kids shall be uh, seen and not heard as when I was a little kid because you know uh, it was that was what everyone had grown up with. So. Uh, as, as I started to get older, then it was easier for me to interject and make uh, conversations. But usually it was, you know, really hard to be the kid that involved himself in the adult conversation. Uh, other side of the family was completely different. On my dad's side, it was much more uh, the where all the aunts and uncles were joking and, and uh, having, you know, messing around and the kids could uh, interject if they wanted to as well. So it was really this kind of dichotomy for me for, uh, what was expected, uh, when I was a little kid. Now, when my little sisters came around, it was different. It was the, everything, it seemed to relax in that, you know, 10 year, that one generational time span, uh, between when I was a kid and then they were little kids and interacting with, with all the adults. And it may be because all my, my parents, generation was now kind of the the matriarchs and patriarchs and they were much more open to the interactions with the kids as opposed to my grandpa and that generation and then even there were some when grandpa was around there were some people that were even older than him that were the generation before so where it was very much you know there was a woman in town that we called gross mother great grandma everyone called her that even though those of us that weren't related to her she was great great grandma gross mother and she was you know the utmost respect was given to her from everyone so it was really so I, I'm sure that had some interaction or some 
play and how I me- measured body language because it wasn't as big of a thing in that side of my life. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think, you know, a lot of how you were raised definitely plays a lot into how you do everything later in life. And, you know, as kids, we were always brought in as a class clown. I mean, everybody loved it when the Bogeen Boys showed up <laughs> at fucking parties because we were going to act a fool and everybody was going to have a good time. You know, but I, I think for a lot of you, as you're thinking about sales and sales conversations and the things that you're doing out there in the real world, it's really about staying in tune and aligned with the person you're talking to because it's those conversations that when you start to see them lean in when you start to see them you know get more expressive with their hands and when they are putting off more open signals that you know things are heading in the right directions you know keep moving in that place and you know the the opposite of that is true when they start getting more closed up and their answers get really, really shorter and they almost come across from a bored or irritated standpoint, you know, it's on you to then recognize that moment and call it and make sure that, that you can get them back into the conversation. So a lot of this guys is, is really to, to understand that you need to learn to read other people. And by reading other people means you got to listen to the words they're saying. You got to, you know, actually hear the words they're saying. You've got to listen to the different tonalities they use. You got to watch their body language and make sure that you're staying aligned with them through the entire conversation. So, as always, if you guys got any tips, tricks, any value out of this episode, please make sure you're subscribed and leave us a review wherever you listen to this and share this out with one friend one person that could get some value with this. And as always, love you, mean it. See you, bye. When I created Success Champions, it was on the idea that most people make themselves an island as they're growing their business. Yet they just don't want people to know how bad things are because if anybody knew how bad things are, nobody would do business with you. So like me, they don't often reach out for advice. They don't get support. They just try and put their head down and grind through it. And let's be honest, man, that that lifestyle sucks. And when you're constantly trying to find yourself to push through it and figure it out on your own, it often leads to misery. We created Success Champions so you don't make yourself an island, so you don't build your business alone. There are a ton of people that are going through it on the same journey that are looking for the same advice you are, maybe they've been through it, and are looking to help. So come hang out with Success Champions. Go to successchampionnetworking.com. Go visit one of our peer groups, and let's help you actually get to business freedom. Don't build your business alone. Come hang with us as Success Champions.